Welcome to the Degenerates Clubhouse, a place for less than distinguished gentlemen to discuss nonsense and fuck all tomfoolery. With your hosts Aaron and Armando. Honestly, who's going to listen to this? What a couple of stupid fucking cunts. See if I can do this in one take, motherfuckers. This week's episode of the Degenerates Clubhouse is brought to you by Miralax. Miralax, short for Miracle Laxative, is the only suitable laxative if your bowels have been possessed by a demon. In fact, Miralax appears in the book of John in one of Jesus' lesser-known miracles. And so it was on the third day that Jesus greeted the king, saying unto him, Peace be to you. And the king replied, I am beset by a foul wind and a barricade of the buttocks. Take your peace and lodge it where the rays from the sun shall not disturb it. Jesus, seeing the king's anguish, knelt and produced a powder of the finest polyethylene glycol, saying, Receive this holy laxative and let your bowels be purged of darkness. The king drank, and soon a wretched evil escaped his sphincter, and all rejoiced, save the chambermaids who had to clean it up. John 12.15 Miralax, the only over-the-counter laxative endorsed by the Catholic Church. Side effects include nausea, dizziness, immaculate conceptions, and leprosy. It makes sense, too, because Mira is, like, short for miracle, and miracle is a religious, uh, Correct. you know? Yes, I, I, I referenced that, actually, in the oh, copy that I wrote. I was only kind of... That was like... Sorry, I was only kind of paying attention. That's all right. <clears throat> um, I, just, I just thought it was funny, because uh, we tend to be a little hyperbolic in, in our, our society, especially in advertising, and... Uh, when I, I just I, I saw the product and I was like, is it really a miracle if you poop? And I, and I was trying to think of of the most over the top miracle pooping scenario. And I was like, yeah, yeah. If if some king's uh, tummy was possessed by a demon and Jesus exercised the demon and allowed him to poop and the kingdom was saved, I think that would be a miracle. I think it'd be a miracle if like by some strange miracle. That's weird. By some strange miracle, if I was actually able to like expel my whatever's in my gut and then just be fixed with all my gut problems does that make sense like wouldn't that be wouldn't that be cool if like all the stuff you and i've been experiencing with our whatever our innards if we could just take a shit like a really good long shit and all of a sudden we're like fixed that'd be cool so, so basically what you're saying is y- you are hoping for the second coming of jesus christ not to you know cure famine world peace none of that you just want your, your, your tummy to be right as rain and him to give you a miracle laxative so you can poop I want proper. him to give me like the OG, you know, made by Jesus version of Miralax because the store-bought shit doesn't really work. Uh, are you... Are, Miralax is, is not going to be a sponsor if you keep talking bad about them. No, I just... It, it, it cures acute uh, stomach issues, but not like the ones that you and I have, have had here and there, right? Like if Miralax actually worked, we... The way we we would like it to, then we wouldn't have been we wouldn't have had to go see a doctor to fix our tummy, you know, or try to fix our tummies. Enough about Miralax. Enough about pooping. Uh, yeah. in, in, unless that's what you want no, to talk no, about. No. But uh, I thought before we got into our, our regular segment uh, segments, we'd just do a, a quick catch up. Um, the the only thing I, I wanted to to comment on is, uh, as as you know. I've been getting ready to promote the podcast a little bit more. I was like, oh, we probably need some posts and, and actual content on social media. So if I'm trying to get followers when they go to Instagram or Twitter or what have you, they're like, oh, there's there's actually something here. There's a reason to follow. 
And uh, you, you suggested a segment, like you might be a degenerate, that you wanted to be based on real real things from our lives. <laughs> and I, I immediately thought of, of course, of like the Jeff Foxworthy, you might be a redneck, and started writing, you might be a redneck jokes. And at that point, I realized I don't actually have that many degenerate-esque things that I do or have done. I mean, don't get re- me wrong. I'm not... Um, I'm not, I'm not Jesus, uh, curing people's, uh, bowel demons or anything. I'm not, I'm no saint, but, uh, I certainly did not, did not have enough of them to regularly populate content on Instagram and Twitter. So then I found myself like almost looking for yeah. degenerate things I, I could do. So that was the, the, the one joke on, uh, Instagram that I posted so far where I was like, you know, if you watch Nancy Pelosi give a speech and then Google to find out if she was hot when she was younger, you might be a degenerate. And and <laughs> to to back that up, to make sure that Armando was satisfied and knew that this was a real world thing that had happened, I also posted a, a photo of a young, I think she was 20 in that photo, uh, Nancy Pelosi um, standing next to John F. Kennedy. And I was like, I think any woman does get a little bit hotter if she if she's standing next to JFK. I was going to ask you. So then, um, if, oh, in that picture, do you find her attract? Like scale of one to ten. I I gave a rate. The the, the caption was spoiler alert, sort of. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I she didn't rate highly for me. I've I've never, not with Pelosi. I so I'm I, no. I, I'm not so politicians wise. I have looked up uh, Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, and. Uh, the reason I did is because <clears throat> back when I was playing poker with the guys online uh, uh, several months back, um, one of our brothers like showed us on his on Zoom. You can share photos, so he showed us a photo of AOC. It was clearly Photoshop, mm-hmm. but she was like topless and smiling. I was like, "That's not really her, dude. There's no way." So I I, I did Google AOC to see if she did take topless photos, and no, those are those are shopped for sure. She got some nice jumblies. So you still ha- you haven't answered. Do you think the uh, most feared and reviled uh, politician by, I guess, all conservatives, Ali- Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, is hot? Oh like, yeah. Do you think yeah, she's yeah. hot? Yeah, she's attractive for sure. Yeah, she's attractive. She's a looker. She knows what she's doing, though. Okay. Well, I don't know. I mean, because a lot of people, uh, particularly if you go into the comment sections of, of Twitter and whatnot, will say she's horrific looking. She's got big teeth and this that and the other and i was like guys shut yeah, up yeah. no like, i think I, you you all want to sleep yeah, with her for sure definitely she's she's like I, a, a a solid eight yeah i'd say it's solid eight for me i i also went down that rabbit hole a little not not that rabbit hole hey you know what i mean <laughs> i i explored to find out if there were attractive members of congress in the senate um you know i, I couldn't stop just at nancy pelosi for the sake of research <laughs> And, you know, being fair and balanced and everything, I really had to see. And it was striking that a lot of the, the hot uh, lawmakers, we'll call them, were uh, – well, that, that actually sounds super kinky, the, the hot lawmakers. <laughs> you lay down the law, ladies. Um, they were – a lot of them were Latin or Latina, yeah. I should say. I didn't know that. There, there was I, a lot. Unlike you, I, I did not uh, Google, like, hot congresswomen. Um I'm fully committing to this degenerate yeah, thing. Yeah. You know, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna go a little, you know, dip my toe in the degenerate pool, I'm gonna I'm gonna get all the way in yeah. eventually. Um, but there, I remember there was one, also one hot Republican from 
can't remember where she's from. It, was, it had to be like North Dakota or, or one of those states. And the, but the one the one who I I was very familiar with by name, and I kind of knew her in terms of uh, how she shifted the dynamic of power politically, and I even kind of knew her political views and how she had been kind of agitating some of the Democrats. But there was there's a Democratic senator from Arizona named Kirsten Cinema, <laughs> and I never actually had seen her, and I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Like. Because some of the outfits she wears, I'm like, are you are you like a Harry Potter? Are you the, like the hot like teacher in like a Harry Potter reboot? Like, what is that coat and those boots? But whatever it is, like, it worked I'm for me. To, so you do you, Kristen uh, Cinema. I, don't know. I she I looks full, like. Her, I'll have to Google it real quick. Kirsten, I imagine. Hold on, let me see. It, it's with a Y. It, it is K Y R S T E N Cinema S S I N E M A. Oh yeah. Holy shit. I know. I was like <laughs> Wait, how? Oh wait, a bunch of How did that happen? Kirsten Dunst is the uh new senator from Arizona. You you figured her out. Yeah, uh, she's she yeah, she's a she's a looker for sure. She uh she looks kind of um in some of her photos, she looks kind of cross-eyed. Well, the, the other part too is if you just type her name, you're probably getting a lot of the photos where she's she's dressed down a little bit, you know, for uh, political events and things like that. If you see her when she's just out in the uh, wild, so you so you uh, in her natural habitat, so you actually did like you fucking stalked her. You didn't just Google her. You were like looking for some of the uh, the behind the scenes. I didn't stalk her. What I literally did w- was Google image search Kirsten Cinema sexy, and I was ah, like, oh, wh- what? See that. What? Because you can't, I mean, come on. If, if we're obje- <laughs> objectifying the people that um, make the laws of our land and uh, guide our country, I mean, you have to get the proper search terms in. So that is what I did. And if all, if all and states, too, it's got to be Arizona where, like, you know there's a bunch of crazy shit going on over in Arizona, too. Anyhow, so. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've never, yeah, that's a good one. Another added to our list. I I'm like great, great. I, I, as much fun as uh, I'm having with this podcast, it may end up making me a way worse person. And it's all right. <laughs> it's okay. We only live once. We only live once. We're allowed yeah. to, to mess around here and there. So, so that was the only update I had. That that was a weird byproduct of my trying to get ready to promote the show on social media. Anything you want uh, to catch up yeah, with? Or, or? Yes and no. A couple. Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, I'm a little low energy today because I did run seven miles today. I, I wanted to push myself. And if if five, like I could do five, I've been doing five. And it's like when I'm when I come back, I'm like, okay, I got more. I got more in me. I can do more. But seven miles kicked my ass. So I came back fucking tired. I felt like I was in a fucking faint. <laughs> and then uh, if that doesn't have me <clears throat> a little thrown off as far as energy today, the fact that we're having these technical things is kind of pissing me off a little bit too. Um, I, It'll be. Okay. I did have. Um, I did have a over the phone interview on Monday. the The problem is here. Here's the problem. They're hiring. They're hiring for um, like a branch management management position, and they also have an opening for um, like a sales type of position in the IE. What I what I don't like is I felt like the person conducting the interview it was like a 
and not to sound offensive to anybody, but she's just like a human resources generalist. And these are generally people that like, you know, more often than not, they don't have a degree. They're just kind of like, they're like bottom of the rung on the totem pole as far as um, like the hierarchy goes. Usually, not always. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I felt kind of weird being interviewed by someone that was like, you know, again, not to sound offensive, but like someone really low on the totem pole. And I, I'm like asking them a bunch of questions that they clearly weren't like they would ask me questions as per any normal interview. Right. And I usually tend to kill in interviews, but I felt because she was kind of. I, sh- I probably shouldn't say this in case I get hired, but I'm going to say it anyways. I felt like she was kind of dumb. And so, like, I you know, I, I felt like. Like I need to be, I need to be interviewed by someone that knows what the fuck they're talking about, not by someone clearly not at my level. It felt kind of weird. You, you, you should have said that in the interview. Be like, you know what, ma'am? No yeah. offense. No, of, just to be clear, none, of, not an ounce of offense is attended by what I'm about to say. But I feel like your intelligence is a, at a subpar level, and if you could just go out, get someone who's who's you IQ points smarter. Just I, a I little bit higher that's, on that's that scale. It. I made it my mind. The next interview I got, <clears throat> you and I are going to do the interview like um, uh, stepbrother style where like you're sitting behind me. Like, <laughs> you're like, excuse me, ma'am, I'm going to help you with this interview and you start chiming in with oh. like weird shit. Oh, no, no. Even even better. This could be... Um, you, have, did you ever see the, there's a Key and Peel sketch they did where it was Obama's anger translator? I don't. I don't watch Key and Peel. I don't really. I'm not a fan of him. But it, it, it's a so so it's a famous sketch. It's okay. a famous sketch where uh, you know Obama was notoriously just sort of even keeled and calm no matter what was happening. But you could tell sometimes he just wanted to be like you motherfuckers and just unleash. So it was Jordan Peel playing Obama, just giving his very sort of statesmanlike. Uh, you know, well, I, I think that uh, we have to proceed with caution. And it's like, you know, and then and there would be, it would be key behind him. Um, I forget what was, it? I think they named him Luther. Lu- it was like Luther, Obama's anger chancellor. And it's like, you know, if you say we have to proceed with caution and Luther was like, you motherfuckers, you fucked this whole thing up and yeah. I can't believe the mess you got us in. You know, and it was, so it's like, I could do that. Like you could, you can give the, the politically correct interview answers and I could just be behind you translating it. Like you dumb son of a, wait, so just, just give me, so, so like, what, what was the question that so, she answered? No, so uh, I, asked so you that I you thought for example, I asked her like toward the end of the interview, she's like, Hey, do you have any questions um, for me? Yeah. And I was like, you know, um, my last job, <clears throat> although it was in, in a lot of ways working for an organization that's like hem- semi-family oriented, it's got that good feel vibe. Like you got some, somewhat some support, but the downside mm-hmm. to that kind of family-like environment is um, it wasn't like 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 work um, metrics weren't merited, right? Like if I worked hard and and like exceeded goals, like that was secondary. Like I I want to be. I want to work for an organization that some that you know some of your metrics actually count for something like okay this guy's hold, hold on ma'am uh, just in case you're not smart enough to understand let me translate for Armando here are you some lazy motherfuckers at this job like am I gonna bust my ass and get no props for it like you obviously don't work hard Does, is there anybody else at this company that does work hard because I don't want to be carrying you stupid sons of bitches on my back and at the end of the day have nothing to show for it you better have a better answer than well i don't know yeah so 
<laughs> I think that I think this will work. I think we're gonna have to go to do my 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 next job interview. I'm gonna have you uh, I, uh, FaceTime in the. Uh, <laughs> give me give give me so, one more. So, I'm 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 warming so that, up to but, this. So what's another what's another question? What's a question that you would have to answer that I could translate then, for you? Well, let me give you her her response was, "Oh no, we're not a family oriented company. We're just co work." Like she said it very like it very coldly. It was like, huh. She's uh-huh. obviously not the best representation of that company. Is, is my is what I gathered from that that interview. So I, I didn't, like I said, usually I I feel very confident after interviews. After this one, I was like, mm-hmm. dude, this like I'm not gonna get hired because she just she's a ditz. Like she just, it didn't it didn't I didn't get a good feel out of that interview if that makes sense. And it wasn't it wasn't from my end. It was like she like she was just punching in doing her job. You know what I mean? Um, a question she she asked me was, uh, "What are the three most important things uh, for a uh, they call them business development specialists or some shit like that?" But they're basically sales reps, right? She's like, "What are the what are okay. the three most important um, things for a business development specialist to have? What are the some of the important attributes?" And um, I responded with like being honest, right? Because a lot of <clears throat> salespeople I've dealt with just they're not. They're just kind of telling you what you want to hear and not to close a deal or not really being um straightforward. Uh-huh. Um another response I told her was I, I need to be punctual, like being being on time is very important when you're meeting a, a client or a customer or trying to develop, you know, a new relationship with somebody. Showing up an hour late or canceling on or flaking on them, like when they're when they're expecting you and they're giving you time of their day it's important to be there and then the last thing i said was being um organized a lot of sales people that i know aren't ordinary they're just flying by the coat of their tails they're not really they're not really they don't have a plan of attack they just kind of go out there and you know they're like fucking wild animals in the zoo got it so ma'am th- this this is what you have to understand about armando one not a backstabber not gonna not gonna lie to your face, stab you in the back. That's what plenty of your salesmen want to do because they'll do anything they can do for money. But he actually has integrity, you silly bitch. <laughs> Two, he's not going to show up late because he's hung over. He has a little bit of self-control. You, these freaking animals that you're interviewing other than him are going to be out boozing on the company dime until three in the morning, show up hung over, smelling like cheap gin and whiskey, and they're going to vomit on your customers. You don't want that. Vomit covered customers, bad for business. Three, uh, he knows how to put things away in his desk. <laughs> He's not a five-year-old. These men, man-childs that you're trying to hire got coddled by mommy when they were little boys, and they never learned the art of cleanliness. Hire someone who's, who's got integrity, isn't a booze hound, and isn't a child. Armando Ramirez for president of your company. See what I mean? Is like... Uh yeah, I, 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 we need to interview from now on as a as a tag yes. team. <laughs> It'll work. I might get hired, and then okay, so that's, and that's then one a plan. of us is gonna let like a silent but deadly fart in the middle of the interview, and then I won't get hired. Prestige worldwide, wide, wide. I, it's good. We're 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 making plans for the future. A lot of a lot of threads are coming together. Um, <laughs> stay tuned to see how this develops. Let's let's move on and try a segment. That we've never done before, but I wanted to give it a shot because I personally am constantly amused by the antics of Florida as a state and the the most 
enigmatic superhero, I think, in the entire superhero verse, a Florida can, man. Can I just, um, before we get into this segment? Yes. When I was younger, I used to think, like, Florida was, I used to think Florida was cool because you have that show Miami Vice in the 80s, uh-huh. and then uh, the Epcot Center is out at Disney World, and, and there's, like, I used to think Florida was like, oh, dude, I want to go to Florida, and it wasn't until I was older I realized, holy shit, Florida is a fucking dumpster fire. Like, literally, like, there's a bunch yes. of fucking <laughs> uh, cocained out motherfuckers partying till who knows what in the morning. And, you know, they don't, it's just fucked well, up. It's just crazy. Well, and th- there's also a sort of a simu- similarity to California in some parts where when people think of California, they're like, oh, Los Angeles and beaches. And I think really they're just thinking of San Diego. Okay. Yeah. Um, or maybe like a Santa Barbara. And they think the whole state is like that. So, I mean, Florida obviously is not as big and diverse as California, but you've got some similarities there too, right? Because there's, there's some of the beach communities are actually very nice, but then you have central Florida, which is just like, um, you know, development projects and, and all, you know, the, these quick built homes. You've got Florida Bama, which is, it's like the part of Florida that, that is just like deep south, like redneck. It might it might as well be Alabama. I mean, it, it is a a diverse state of chaos and mayhem. And literally every week, if you just <laughs> tune in to see what's going on, there will be a Florida man article about some crazy shit that a Floridian did. Um, not not surprisingly, there were <laughs> there were Florida residents front and center uh, at the chaos that took place in the Capitol. We, we talked about all that stuff last episode. So let, let's, let's talk about this, this Florida centric, uh, story that, that I guess this was just okay. yesterday. We got to make happened. this a little bit more politically correct. We got to call a Florida man or woman to avoid offending some people out there. <laughs> well, well, no. So, so some of these articles will be Florida women articles. Um, there was one that I remember I was cracking up about. It was a, a Florida woman was pulled over for a traffic stop, and during the traffic stop, a, a an alligator emerged from her pants. <laughs> she was driving around with a, it was a small, you know, a baby alligator in her pants leg, and <laughs> when she was trying to give her information to the, the police, it came out of her pants, and uh, this made the news in Florida because, you know, Florida... If nothing else, they're self-aware about their uh, debauchery and ridiculousness. But this this particular story story is a Florida man story, not a Florida woman story. Aaron sends me a a link to this week's in Florida man story. I'm gonna read the headline and then uh, we'll just go from there. Florida man sets himself on fire while trying to ignite his own home. <laughs> um, like my my first. When I read that headline, my first question is, like, why are you trying to light your house on fire, number one? Number two, how dumb are you to, you know, include yourself in, like, that whatever uh, match lighting or setting or whatever you're doing? Um, What do you, I mean, what do you think, just by reading the headline, is kind of like, do questions, do you have questions? Are you, like, not set off, like, what the fuck? It's a great headline because for me, it's like a little story unfolding just in the headline. Florida man sets himself on fire. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, as you do when you're in Florida, you know, maybe you had a lot of extra gasoline, you were bored, whatever. Oh, but while trying to ignite his own home, um, and and I'm I'm thinking like, is this a domestic dispute? Is this an insurance thing? Like, 
you know, it's there's immediately some questions that are, are generated, and I, I I wasn't able to to not see yeah. the mugshot, and and that answers it. I mean, he it's like exactly what you'd imagine. This guy looks like late fifties, early sixties, um, sort of has that like uh, like ex marine vibe going on, uh, like you know, like not uh, overweight, but he, he he's definitely. I don't think he's quite thin enough to be uh, like a meth head. But the hair is like a little unkempt, five o'clock shadow, and, and just just soulless dead eyes. Yeah. Like wow, um, you know, if if you showed me that picture and it was like, did this person, you know, a uh, start a charity to uh, help the homeless? B, uh, you know, is he the the author of of a, a new screenplay for a a, a series that's going to be acted out at Disney World? Or C. Did he light his home on fire? <laughs> yeah, I, I, have, I don't even have to I think have about a this. Problem with this booking image, though, because we can't. He's got his 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 mouth is pursed, so you can't really see his teeth. But I imagine, like my imagination tells me, this guy's got like a couple teeth missing for sure. Like maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he's got a full set of chompers. Maybe he's got nice pearly whites. I don't know. But you can't tell from this image if he's got teeth or. Oh, I had this w- when you said. You, the problem you have with that his mouth is pursed so you can't see his teeth. I was like, no, no, no. The problem is his mouth is pursed so you can't see his tooth. Ah, Singular. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can see he's probably like, like I imagine he's probably got like the first, like the front top, the upper top first four teeth are just gone. Like where he's just got like like fangs. You know, I could see that for sure. Uh, read a little bit of the story. Uh, a Florida man nearly set himself in flames when he tried to burn his house down, the report said. Scott Anthony Massa, I hope I'm saying that right, sir, uh, 51, allegedly took a bucket of accelerant and attempted to torch his Tampa Bay home at about 5.40 a.m. Sunday, police told Fox 13. So one, I really, I have to say congratulations to this guy. I, I guess he was late 50s, early 60s. He's only 51 but 51 in Florida years is like, that's like 140 in normal gotcha. years. So this guy's holding up very well. I mean, your, your, your life expectancy in Florida is much shorter than if you're in a normal place, you know, like on the, you know, California or Ohio or like Bosnia or any of those much calmer, more docile places. So he, he's doing he, pretty good. He also woke up, he did it at 5.40 a.m. on a Sunday. <clears throat> So he had to wake up like early as fuck and say, you know what? Before I go to church, <laughs> before I go to mass, I'm going to set my house on fire, and then go to church so I can confess my sin or something. I don't know. Uh, really weird. I, Maybe his house was possessed by a demon. He didn't have yeah. any Miralax to sprinkle around. And he's like, well, we're going to have to cleanse this this unholy place with fire because he didn't want to go to church and and infect the other parishioners with the uh, the demon that was in Invading his house. Uh, also, w- w- it says accelerant. That's. I mean, that's a very. I'm guessing they just didn't know specifically, but that, that's that's vague. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of different things that could be an accelerant. I want to know what he actually used. Gasoline, uh, meth products. I don't know. Who knows? <clears throat> uh, but while trying to toss the bucket through a broken window, Massa caught fire. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> so, I. I can envision this. Wow. So it's like he's he's tossing the bucket, but of course it's dripping. He used a, he used a bucket, first of all, 
not not a gas can or something that was going to be a little bit more enclosed. Just just an open bucket, and and of course there's liquid streaming out of the bucket because it's a fucking bucket. If you understand how gravity and buckets work, and there must have been this like flame trail from the bucket to him, and he catches on fire. Yeah, why not use like a I don't know a funnel or some? I mean, be. I can't. We can't blame him for not being, in, uh, not having thought this. Through. No, I am shocked. <laughs> I, <laughs> or a Molotov cocktail I, or something I, like that, right? Like at least you could throw that from a distance. I mean, I I think this guy is like a real go getter. Just like you said, he's he's you know like you know what like early to bed, early to rise. I'm up at five a.m. I've got a lot to accomplish today. You know I'm you know we're we're gonna get job interviews, applications sent out. We're going to go to church. But step one of my things to do is we've got to get this house burned down quick. And I, I really think a sort of type A personality like that would have had, you know, schematics and plans and had everything planned out. So I'm just very disappointed in uh, Mr. Massa that he didn't have this really... Wow, that, that sounds vaguely racist, Mr. Massa. Um, <laughs> Mr. Massa. <laughs> he is white, Mr. Massa. <laughs> yes, Massa. <laughs> Uh, uh, he fled the scene. Massa was later arrested at St. Joseph's Hospital, where he had been seeking treatment for his burns. As of Sunday night, he remained hospitalized. Wait, wait so hold on. So, so he did he put himself out first, or did did he just flee the scene? I didn't say. It didn't say at all. He, I, I, I hope he put himself out first, because that would be even more glorious. And, and this is this is my, my my other question. If if somebody in Florida you know, a neighbor or something woke up. So at, you know, 545 in the morning and just saw, you know, Scott Massa running down the street with a train of fl- flames behind him, you know, his, his, his uh, wife beater t-shirt and I'm assuming camo pants engulfed in flames. <laughs> you, you know, look, when looking at that mugshot, you know, he's wearing camo oh, pants. Yeah. There's just... 100% chance that he has camo pants on. But would that even phase him? Because, like, that's one of the things that um, is a sort of a notorious stereotype about New Yorkers that, like, absolutely nothing phases them. I mean, I think um, one of the great moments in, in uh, a historically cinematic film, uh, the, the, initial, the original live-action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, we're going... Guys, we're going way back. We're talking old school. This was... 90s kids will remember, uh, you younger millennials would be like, what? They only what know the remakes. About? They know but the remakes a, that came out like a few years ago, the CGI <sighs> ones. Those, those, those are, are hack trash. This was this was like the Martin Scorsese of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle films that I'm Corey talking about. Corey Feldman was Donatello. <laughs> he did the voice for <laughs> Yeah, one of them. Can you? He did. No, I didn't. He did. Oh, oh I thought you said you could do you could do it. I, no. I got excited. I was like, Armando can do a Corey no. Feldman impression? Amazing. Um, but, so, yeah, it was a very angsty uh, s- sort of drama-filled take on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. But early on in the movie, there was there was just encapsulated New Yorkers where whatever the turtles had been fighting the bad guys or whatever. And one of them uh, rolls across the hood of a New York taxi. And the guy in the back of us is like, oh, my God, what was that? And just completely nonplussed, the taxi driver just monotones like, eh, I don't know. Look kind of like a big turtle yeah. in a trench coat. And it's like, yeah, that's how New Yorkers roll with, with random stuff. But, I, like, are Floridians similarly impervi- impervious to, like, crazy Florida crap? Like, would uh, – if if one of uh, Scott Mass's neighbors saw him on fire, would they just be like, 
oh yeah, some guy on fire, and just like go back, roll over, go back to bed. Oh, it's Scott being Scott again, lighting fucking sh- <laughs> shit on fire again. Oh, Scott, what are we gonna do with him? Fucking guy. I, I, but I, on the plus, I mean, it seems like he was sensible, sensible enough to go to a hospital to seek treatment yeah. for his burns. He's like, hey, I, I wonder if he used an excuse. Like he goes in, he's still on fire. I imagine like he's still like putting out, you know, the his arm hairs are still like ablaze, and he's putting them out, like patting them out. And I wonder what he's telling him, like, what what excuse he used. <laughs> like, oh, he was trying to make a barbecue on Sunday before the football game, before the Buccaneer game or something. And, like, he, 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 he tries to paint himself as a hero. I was going to – I was on my way to church, and I saw a burning orphanage. And, and all the kids were out, but there was still a kitten in the top floor. And the orphans were crying. I was like, don't worry, little ones. I'll be your hero today. And I went in there. And I saved the kitten. His name was was Mr. Jinx, and I gave Mr. Jinx back to the orphans. And they're like, "Thank you, thank no. you, Mr. Massey." No, his name hero. was Toby. His name was Toby, and, and the cat would meow at him, Mr. Massa. Get it? <laughs> Yay! <laughs> was it what? 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 Was it a black cat? It was a black cat. His name, his real name was Kuta, but he was like, "No, your name is Toby." <laughs> I, yes, I also I saw Roots when I was in elementary school. I understand the reference. <laughs> That's we're we're just uh, all all the 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 uh, younger millennials are going to scream like, yeah. what are they? There's, they're they're talking about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles being angsty dramas and this this Toby Kunta Kente thing. What is going on? Don't worry, guys. Uh, uh, you're not don't would you can just file this away as or you old can Google stuff. it or you can um, Google the reference and maybe maybe chuckle at it. Uh, who knows? Um, charges against them were pending. It was not clear why the man wanted to set his own house on fire. <laughs> very good, very good. And, and you really have to wonder: does does he even know at this point, or, or or in all the commotion of setting his house on fire, setting himself on fire, running through the streets on fire, as as I uh, imagine it, and then making to the ambulance? Did he forget the original reason? Yeah, probably. Probably whatever accelerant he was using to light the house on fire, he breathed in the fumes and he's like he had like a like a amnesia, like he just forgot what the fuck he was doing, or where he was. It, it, it's like uh, that monologue in in uh, the Dark Knight from Alfred. It's like it's like well, well, Master Wayne, Massa. I can't do the accent. Well, Master Massa. Wayne, Massa, what's that? Well, Massa, <laughs> Massa Wayne. Oh my God, well, well, well Massa Wayne. Oh no, that just sounded terrible. Jesus. <laughs> Um, but anyways, some some men just want to watch their houses burn. It's true. I know. I know the reference. This has been this week in Florida, man. At some point, I want to get a theme song for this. In my mind, it's the Spider-Man theme song, but with Florida man lyrics, which are going to be Florida man, Florida man, smoke some meth, yes he can, driving drunk as a rule, alligators in his pool, look out. It's this week in Florida, man. All right. We'll we'll work on it next 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 piece of production that we'll have to work on, but it'll happen. You guys thought Deadpool was the most dysfunctional superhero. Deadpool has nothing it, on Florida I, Man. What would Florida like if, if there were a superhero? What would Florida Man look like? Well, he looked kind of like the guy we just talked about, probably camo pants. Um, so so it, it, it would be it would be cut off camo pants though. Uh, de- definitely like like black like military mm-hmm. boots. Um, white t-shirt maybe with some like what yeah wife wife beater t-shirt with a big like f on his chest the shirt's gotta have like 
for fuck you, for 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 f. The shirt's got to have some like sweat stains around the collar and like maybe a hole or two somewhere in there in the in the shirt. Yeah. Well, well you know how Superman has that that um, it, what is it? Is like a, a ge- well, whatever the geometric shape is. It, I don't know if it's like it's not yeah, a pentagram, yeah. but. Um, it's kind of the shield symbol. The diamond looking thing. Yeah. 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 Instead of that, he just has a big sweat stain right there. (laughs) It just encircles his insignia. It's like part of the insignia. Um, Definitely be missing teeth, right? He, 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 he cannot have a full set of teeth. He's got to have some teeth missing. And, and he's, he's got a cape for sure, but it it looks vaguely like, like someone's sheets that he just stole off of a clothesline. He gets around. He gets around in one of those fucking those little shopping cart. What are those things called that they get in the supermarket? The uh, yeah, except it's been su- supercharged, so it has like <laughs> nitrous oxide boosters and like, like you just you, you see like a high speed chase on the highway and, and this like Porsche goes flying by you and then Florida man on one of the the motorized like uh, shopping carts that's been tur- like super diesel tur- turbocharged goes flying by. And what's what are his special powers? Hmm. Well, fi- lighting things on fire—that's what we already know. One, fire. obviously. Um, he, he he's a master of explosions. You know how like um, just not a controlling you know, like, explosion. Has to eat spinach to kind of power himself up. Like Florida yes. man just like whips out like an eight ball of cocaine, like just 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 does it all to the <laughs> dome and just fucking. He does like a, a what do they call him? Bump. I've never done cocaine, so I don't know the technical term. But he probably does a. a Oh, I, I think he, I think he right. does more than a bump. A bump would be the, just a the little. Entire, that's a little. He's doing he's, lines, the entire multiple. All of it, and then he just fucking. Because <laughs> yeah, you know how when superheroes do their power up, they're and they're like, they have to do different power ups for the villain. He, he's like, wow, this looks like a formidable foe. This is going to be a six line villain. So Florida man. So <laughs> we we're saying Florida man's a good guy. He's like an anti hero. Oh, he's not a villain. Oh yeah, yeah. He he. In, in, in his own world, gotcha. he's an antihero. From the outside looking in, people are like, "What? What is this? This guy is just wanton property destruction, mayhem, like terrorizing everyone around him." But from Florida Man's perspective, he is the hero I, of I his think, own story. I, think I just remembered. I think they're called rascals. Just to be just to be clear, I think they're called. I might be wrong, but he's got a rascal. That's what he gets around. Th- there is there is a mobilized scooter gotcha. called okay. a rascal. Um. He also has, he also has like a, I imagine like a cane, like an old man walker cane. He doesn't really need it. He just uses it for disability checks. You know what I mean? To get around. <laughs> so he, he's got a, he's got a full insurance man. Does he, does he have just like a, like a handicap plate yeah, on his yeah. back? It's like his armor. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a, it's a uh, falsified handicap plate. Um. Well, well, we're gonna we're gonna delve more into the, the origins origin and story. powers of Florida Man <laughs> in future episodes uh, because that's the that's the beauty. Every week there is a new Florida Man sighting, and we we get to learn more about this uh, enigmatic antihero. But we're <laughs> going to move on uh, to our our next segment, which we call Ask Reddit, and we attempt to uh, get some insight and delve into some of. The, the funnier and maybe more profound questions from uh, r slash ask reddit um, so I, I went with with two silly ones and uh, one more serious one you know we like to keep it light keep, keep a, a good atmosphere but then maybe we could we can learn a little bit more the first one it just the question made me laugh a little bit it was what are some black flags that you might 
be dating a pirate. I got one. I got. I thought about that real quick. Um, for sure, she dr- the only alcohol she drinks is rum. That's all she drinks. She doesn't drink ain't no beer, none of this other shit. She just drinks rum. That's it. She, and she gets really offended if you if you say, "Oh, would well, you want a beer?" She's just like, "A beer is for wow. What what is a oh li- lily livered pirates love calling people lively." Beers for lily-livered you're land, you're pansies. You're like, what? <laughs> you're a landlubber. Ma'am, your your insults are about 300 years out of date. You might want to update those. Just what a lily-livered pansy would say. It's like, all right. How else will she? Will you know you're dating a pirate? Mm. She she said that um, she she shows up and you know, like she sends you a text like, oh, I I uh, I had an ING accidentally poked myself in an eye uh, in the eye with a pen. Um, and you're like, that's who pokes themselves in an eye with a pen. She shows up. She's just got the big yep. eye patch. And every every date you go on, she has a new excuse about how she poked her eye. And then you it becomes like by the third date, you're like, oh, you just like wearing eye patches. She's got like fucking a body attack. Like she's just all tat. I just imagine her all tatted up from like head to toe, like everywhere, behind her ears. Fucking, if you shave her head, she's got tattoos underneath her hair. You, you get you get later into uh, your relationship. You know now now you've been dating for a few months. You're um, you're discussing future plans. Oh, I want to build a house. Uh, and and you mentioned you've got a four hundred one k. And she's like four hundred one k. Is that like battery treasure? <laughs> you have to give her a map. <laughs> You have to give her. Oh yeah, she can't. That's the other part. If any time you're trying to tell her where to meet you for a date, she cannot figure out how to be- uh, to use Google Maps. So you have to like you have to f- take a, a screenshot of a map that you hand draw with an X. Because if you don't put the X, she doesn't she doesn't understand. It has to be the X. And and it's like okay, so you're gonna turn left on Wilshire. You're gonna turn right on Center Avenue, and then you you get to. Um, uh, Benny Hanna's and X marks Benny Hanna's. <laughs> you might be dating a pirate if uh, she calls you a wench and she rapes you whenever she wants to get some. <laughs> wow, that that took a very yeah. graphic turn. So in in your in, in your pirate is this a fantasy or a, a nightmare? Turn into but one, in, huh? For sure. In, in your in your pirate nightmare, you're you're, you're um, Getting sexually dominated by this pirate, yeah, and she's calling kinda, you a woman. It kind of turns me on. I don't. I wouldn't call it a nightmare. It kind of. It kind of excites me that she's uh, a little more aggressive. <laughs> you, you, you like a more aggressive woman? You might be a degenerate if you want your woman to fucking be the aggressor. Oh yeah, what does she wear? Right? Because I think first impressions on any any first date, and that's what something I struggle with. Where it's like, what do you what are you actually supposed to wear on a first date? Do you just wear the normal casual shit that you would wear anyway, or do you want to dress up a little bit nicer? Um, because for sure, like there's this evaluation process, and that very first impression is going to say a lot. Uh, but I feel like if the person you're dating is a pirate, they they just don't care. Like they think that their pirate gear is like the, the, the best in height of fashion. So what what would they actually be wearing? Other I imagine than the like eye patch? a female Johnny Depp. Like it just this is the first thing that like I imagine like you know those little hair tassel things that they like that he has like hanging from his whatever his hair. So so she's she's got braids. Yeah little braid things but with like all kinds of weird shit and then like little icons and little um charms like hanging from them, you know? Got it. 
like like a, like a tiny little skull, and you're like, what? Yeah. What did that skull come from? Like <laughs> a skull, a tooth, a fucking like a human finger or something, you know? And was, there has to be a lot of leather, which based uh-huh. on what you've been telling me, would be a turn on for you as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. A lot of leather, um, like those, like I don't know, like I, like those parachute pants. She's got like a like a curved um, sword hanging from her hip. <laughs> oh, see, I, I was. I was picturing like like tighter leather pants and like the big like uh, I forget what they call like but the, like the galleon boots. Mm. So you like a more refined pirate as your as your uh, pirate. Your oh yeah, I, I I want the more mature pirate captain lady. Oh no, I do. I imagine like the rougher one. I imagine one like oh. she's got like teeth missing. Oh, you 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 want the pirate wench? Well, well, no, but she's like the like she's yeah she's a pirate wench I suppose, but she's more like a a ruffian. Okay. She's got silver like on her teeth and some of her teeth here and there, gold or got something. It. You have a real thing about teeth this episode. Why? What was the first thing I said about teeth? Oh, the tooth thing. Florida, Florida man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess. Sure. So let's let's see what Reddit had to say about this. Their their answers were you find a map in their laundry with directions to their ex's location. <laughs> That's actually really good. <laughs> Get it? Yep. Cause their their ex, like as in like X marks the spot, but also their previous lover. Lubber. They're lubber. And then someone responded that, thar be the booty. <laughs> yeah, we didn't make a lot of pirate puns. I, you know what? And I'm proud of us for that because it's very easy to make pirate puns. But um, let's see. For, for Somebody else just says, quote, for this you'll walk the plank, his girlfriend probably. Uh, they're, just, they're just making a lot of cheap, um, cheap puns. Oh, this one's good. You surprise them with a Bahamas cruise, and they just can't resist the urge to keelhaul the captain and commander uh, and command the ship. Not even once, not even for your anniversary. Okay, so so there's there's a lot about stealing ships and uh, finding uh, buried treasure. I think our answers were better. I think we were a little bit more thoughtful than Reddit on this one. Um, let's let's move on to the next ask Reddit question, which was if the planet was pitted against other planets to show their greatest invention ever made, what do you think Earth would show? And I'm assuming that this is just uh, working off that there are planets in the the galaxy and universe with life as intelligent or more intelligent than ours. Uh, We're we're just going to work off of that assumption for this question, that there's like intelligent alien races with their own brand of technology. And... um, Apparently they've they've conquered interstellar travel and they've uh, come to the look at our cool stuff convention on Earth and what what so what are we putting up to impress these advanced alien civilizations? So if they invaded us, if they came like if they crossed the galaxy to come to our planet, I don't think there's anything we could show them that, that they'll be impressed with. They're like like anything we show them, like we're proud of. They're gonna look at it like like their version of crayons you know what i mean like <laughs> like look i can draw a circle or you know what i mean but i, I would i would say uh probably like uh the, the internet like the the ability to share information you know over the air and you know get stuff from on our, like our iPhones and laptops and shit like that see i feel like sort of an in- infrastructure technology invention wouldn't be impressive to them at all cuz i'm assuming that their technology is so advanced, you know, and, and communication um, and inter- uh, information transfer is just basically vital for for any advanced civilization. So I feel like it would have to be something 
that is just so uniquely weird to humans that like we're the only ones that would think of doing that. Like what? What do you? Does that make sense? Yeah. What, what, what do you? What do you? <laughs> what do you have in mind? I'm trying. Well, I, one of the first things that, that came to mind is like all of our, um, like all of our like video game and entertainment related inventions. I feel like a lot of cultures would be like, w- w- why would you even do this? Oh, that's crazy. And one of the uh, the thing the movies that I thought about first when this I saw this question was there's a great movie that I I think still holds up called Galaxy Quest, and. Galaxy oh, yeah, Quest yeah. is basically a, a spoof off of the Star Trek franchise, and the the conceit in the film is that there are these, um, you know, these actors who are past their prime, over the hill, what what have you, and they're going to all the conventions and they're still making money, but a, an alien race tries to enlist their help because they have they've seen the broadcast. I mean, all, all these television broadcasts actually do go out into space into the universe, and. The, the aliens don't understand the concept of entertainment television, and they think that they're, they're historical documents. And so the, they enlist the, these kind of goofy uh, show actors to try to combat this alien threat, and it is a comedy. It is very well done. Um, a lot of great, great performances. Oh, yeah. It's a good movie. What's her name? But, so, Sigourney so like, Weaver looks pretty hot in that suit she wears. She does indeed. Um, so I, w- I was trying to think of something along those lines where, um, it, w- it would just be something that like another civilization I'm sure technologically could do if they wanted to, but they would be like, wait, why did you do this? This is crazy. We never even thought of it. Um, I'm just trying to think like, what are like some of the, the greatest but dumbest inventions that humanity has ever come up with I, you know what I, I, this is gonna <clears throat> i would say give them like some mexican food give them like tacos and burritos or like what the fuck is this glorious thing that you guys created like mexican food's bomb yes i'm okay so that's actually a really good one like culinary because there might be all these these advanced cultures that um they're like yeah you f- Food is just sustenance. You need to have this amount of caloric intake. You need these vitamins, minerals. That's done. And they never even thought about trying to prepare food for for pleasure. What what is like just like the crazy? Oh, I'm trying to think. What was it? There 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 was some like insane. It was like a like a banana some a banana pudding cheesecake. <laughs> We're like I remember I remember being amazed. I was like I did not know we had this level of cheesecake technology. Somehow they. Combine banana pudding and cheesecake into one dessert. I wouldn't have thought that this would work, but oh my god, it does. <laughs> You're easy to please with desserts. You've always been the dessert guy. You have like a sweet tooth, for sure. Oh, and it's tough because I don't really eat sugar yeah, anymore. Yeah. So I'm I'm thinking back very longingly and uh, through rose-colored glasses about every dessert I've ever had. So I think that's you know what that's going to be my answer. <laughs> I would I would present them. With banana pudding cheesecake, and and if that doesn't blow their alien minds, I don't think anything would. Get the would. fuck off our planet, you fucking alien pieces of shit. Yeah, screw your intergalactic starships and laser beams and what whatnot. We've got banana pudding cheesecake, you novice motherfuckers. Uh. Get out of here. So let's see what the what Reddit had to say. They said uh, spork. You know what? I was, that was that I was thinking of that too. I was gonna say that, but I didn't think it was a good one. I thought it was too plain. It is pretty plain. That is the number one answer on Reddit. Oh, yeah, I don't see it. And I could see it. They're like, wait, oh my, wait, it's a, 
because I'm assuming these alien cultures have invented both uh, spoons and forks (laughs) and they see a spork and they're like, oh my God, we never thought of combining them. And they're just, again, their minds are blown. Um, Let's see. Well, now it's just, this is a lot of people talking about sporks. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) There's like 20 comments about sporks. Oh, so this person was, um, was serious. They said particle accelerators. Their physics is complicated. They're awesome. The, the design is genius. It shows that our nature for seeking knowledge and on some note isn't bullshit just to fulfill function, but to study a function. Okay. Um, so this person, this person's conclusion is particle accelerators are the best. Uh, okay. Um, let's see if there's one more. That's a good look, a little, little, little funny one. No, a lot of people talking about, particle accelerators and atom smashers. This person says the lazy Susan. Nice. Wait, wait a minute. Okay. This is a dumb question. What the fuck is a lazy Susan? Maybe I know what it is, but it doesn't, it's not, I'm not, I thought it was a a chair, but yeah, maybe not. Let me double check. What is a lazy Susan? A lazy Susan is a turntable, you know, parentheses, rotating tray. Oh, I wasn't what I thought it was at all. A lazy Susan is a turntable, Rotating tray placed on a table or countertop to aid in distributing food. Oh. Lazy Susans may be from a variety of materials, but are usually glass, wood, or plastic. They are circular and placed in the center of a table to share dishes easily among dinners. So they were definitely on the same way, same way like that was. They're like something dumb relating to food. I can only think of one time where I've, we've, I've ever experienced a, like a, a real-life Lazy Susan. I don't know that I've ever said from that one time. Uh, you know where you see them a lot is uh, in corner counter uh, counters. So like a lot of usually like the lower the cabinet lowers. Um, oh yeah yeah like yeah yeah. There'll be those circular things. Those those are lazy susans, okay. and a lot of people like those because you can make better use of the space where you you know you've got something in the back and you just kind of spin the the thing around to access it. Uh, I think they're kind of a pain in the ass, but yeah, it does it does make better use of limited cabinet space. Yeah yeah, f- fuck you aliens. And your holographic projectors and teleportation <laughs> devices, we can spin shit around in our cabinets. Get the fuck off our planet. I don't know why I'm like so hostile to these so aliens. What I'm saying is like I think anything we show them is like that like it's it's crayons to them, you know what I mean? It's like basic primitive. It's like, hey, look, I made a wheel. <laughs> yeah. Ex- except for banana pudding okay. cheesecake, because I guarantee you those aliens can't fuck with banana tre- uh, pudding cheesecake. What if they don't eat? What if they uh what if they they just like inject nutrients in them? That's how they sustain. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. That's that that was my vision because I think in in my my vision of this alien race, they're just very technolo- uh, technologically savvy, but like practical, like A to B to C. The, these diversions and and kind of oddities that we have as humans just don't make sense to them. So it's not that they couldn't have made and you know banana pudding cheesecake they probably if they wanted to they could make the most molecularly perfect banana pudding cheesecake that's ever existed it just they would never think to do that or combine things like that like it's just not gotcha. in the way that they approach things because they're you know you, you you don't develop uh intergalactic travel by getting diverted with uh with stupid inventions and that's you know possibly something that might be holding us back as humans and it could be our greatest asset because again 
in in my in my visioning uh, of all this visioning that's yeah, not really a word but that's okay and in the way I'm envisioning this that's what that's what saves us and impresses them is is our, st- our stupid crap that they're like wow <laughs> <laughs> you guys are on your own la- wavelength and we're impressed um so last last question and I'll, I'll kind of let you run with this first uh this one is a little bit more serious. Okay. It says, Martin Luther King Jr. said, quote, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. What are your life examples of this? <laughs> That's funny. Um <laughs> so it's like in the actually call back to quote Galaxy Quest. The aliens used to say, "Never give up, never surrender." Or was it the <laughs> was it the actual Galaxy Quest cassette would say that, or was that like one of the characters? I don't remember, but it wasn't. It was in Galaxy Quest. Um, like a quote from that. I'm stealing it. Um, what are your life examples of this? Well, shit, like <clears throat> just not, just not quitting, just not giving up. Uh, no matter, you know, whenever you think you hit rock bottom or whenever you think you've got nothing going for, for, you know, in your direction, in your way, like, like my life right now is a perfect good example of all that. Like, I don't, still don't have a job, still looking, fucking jobs out there don't want to pay shit, um, still living with the fucking parents, but trying to be optimistic and say that, hey, it's gonna, the corner's gonna turn, we're gonna come around to a point where everything's gonna start getting better, <clears throat> Just waiting for it to happen. I shouldn't even say waiting for it to happen. I should say we're trying to make it happen, or I'm trying to make it happen. It's just um, COVID's fucking some shit up right now for everybody. Um, what about you, Mister Jaffe? You're probably pooping or peeing right now. What are, What are you, What's your example of the great Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s uh, motto there, or saying? So when I first saw that quote, the idea that immediately popped into my head was one that's very popular in sports psychology, and it's just you, it's, it's, you have to control what you can control and forget about the things you can't control, like control the controllables, don't worry about the rest. There's a lot of different ways people have presented that idea, um, and it, it's tough, right? Because like any time you're up against adversity or things are, aren't going right, you can very easily look at all the reasons you can't do what you want. Well, like this is up against me, you know, that's up against me. Um, you know, in my case, it, it, it can be really difficult because I've got these health problems. It's like, I can't do an office job because I can't sit in a regular chair. Um, you know, it, it impacts me even with some of the more physical aspects and things like that. And you can almost get paralyzed by, looking at all these things that are working against you, but not focusing on the things that you can do. So it's like, okay, you know, I'm not going to be able to do a regular job. I'm not going to be able to work X amount of hours. I need to have my schedule very flexible so I can um, go to doctor's appointments when I can and things like that. So so one of the, the, the toughest for me was uh, I got to the point where I was like, okay, I, I want to move forward uh, professionally. I want to build something I want to have all that freedom that I was talking about. So I was like, okay, I need to be in business for myself. And I want to have a business where I don't have to invest anything up front 
or, or very little, which was also a necessity because at that point I didn't have that much money to invest. And uh, somehow I want this to make me money like right off the bat, which is tough. There's not many business models where it's like, yeah, you make money right away. Uh, you, you, don't, you don't have to ever like sit in a chair or do anything like that. You have complete flexibility and you make money right away. Uh, so that, that's sort of how that whole flooring business um, came about because I just realized like just that posture of uh, installing floors did not aggravate all my health stuff nearly as much as everything else. And when I, when I was had, you know, saw how people actually install floors, I was like, you don't need that much equipment, particularly for like laminate and uh, luxury vinyl plank flooring. And it's not that hard to do relative to some other things in the trades, I should say. And you don't, you don't need a license for it. Because uh, particularly, like I said, laminate and, and the plank flooring does not count as contracting work, and that and I you know, so I started that, and I got to the point where I could not do all the labor myself, but I managed to hire people, and then COVID happened, um, and then very shortly after, I was like, well, okay, like peace out, like go go somewhere else where you guys are gonna make more money, and uh, that would be another one where it'd be very easy to just check out and be like, well, I tried, like that was good for the year and a half. It lasted, made some money. Cool. But, but just to, to call back to a previous episode, when we were talking about our new year's resolutions, uh, you strongly advocated that I at least register an LLC for a potential new business that would be less specialized than just flooring and would be a little bit more flexible. So I wouldn't, necessarily get uh coveted if there is a a similar problem um so so i did so so update on that uh i registered blue tool belt llc uh with the state of colorado i got the domain that was a, a lot of tool tool belt not toolbox uh that blue blue toolbox is a business already the domain's taken oh. um but blue tool belt is available and I actually thought that would be great branding. I mean, I'm already thinking way past probably how, how far this will ever get. But I was like, wow, what if you had employees, even if they were 1099 employees, that would be great in-person branding if you literally gave them blue tool belts. Like they're wearing real blue tool belts. And I, you know, searching on Amazon, oh, yeah, you can buy those. <laughs> That's a real thing. Um, and my truck is blue. So the, the work truck I've got. So I was like, this, this is, there's some tie-ins right, right there. Um, I was thinking about all sorts of ways to, to promote that business. And one of the things that I definitely want to do with that, I, I, want, to br- I want to brand it as uh, not, not just sort of handyman and renovation, but also consulting. Because um, there's a lot of people who want to do home renovations and maybe even do some of the work themselves. But it can get really confusing when you're like, well, which sort of tile do I need to use? Do I use porcelain or do I use ceramic here? Is there a cheaper way to do this? Can I, you know, get new cabinets without paying $20,000? Like all this stuff, which I've got, I've got that knowledge. And one of the things that I, I learned from flooring was that if you can be a consultant and not do the labor, it is fucking amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I, had this, I had this one guy when I was doing flooring. It was the best flooring job I ever had because – he he wanted to do the installation himself, but he called me. He's like, "I can you just come and explain to me what I'm supposed to do? Like, I don't understand how it works or where I'm supposed to start or like how do I get 
the flooring to go from the inside to the the outside with this patio and all this stuff. And it, so I just I drove out there. It took me like 45 minutes where I just said, okay, you're going to want to start here. This is how you're going to lay it in. Okay, when you get to this little kitchen island, this is how you're going to have to do it to go around the island. You know, when, this is what you do when you get to the bedroom in the closet. I was like, we're just walking through step by step. And... It, you know, it took me 20 minutes to drive out there. It took me 45 minutes to explain it. And it gave me a hundred bucks cash. And I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I could just do this like twice a day, yeah. that would be ideal. Like, and then let, let somebody else install the floor. So I definitely wanted to incorporate that in. Um, Cause yeah, telling people what to do, but not actually doing the work is the way to go. If you have a choice for sure. Um, so that that whole that whole thing was to say sometimes it's you just have to focus on what you can do and maybe it's not going to be what you would want to do in a perfect world maybe it's not going to be what you want to do forever but whatever whatever it is if it moves you forward a little bit you know if it you know i went from not having any any business or steady employment to having a flooring company where i'm like eh, that's not really what i want to do but at least i'm making money and then when the flooring company got um, kind of tanked by COVID, um, f- fuck you to the Small Business Association, <laughs> you didn't give me a loan. Um, but when that when that got tanked, it wasn't like, all right, well, that that's done. I give up. It was like, well, can we can we tweak that a little bit so it's a business that I like more and takes me another step forward. And that to me, that's really what that quote means. It's like you know, if you if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. And, you know, nobody wants to be crawling and taking these little, little steps, dragging your, your ass across the floor. But if that take what it, if that's what it takes to go forward, even incrementally, then just do what you can do. Yeah. Motherfuckers. <clears throat> Once again, to quote galaxy quest, never give up, never surrender. <laughs> what? Mondo, I just wanted you to know <laughs> by Graptar's hammer. <laughs> I shall avenge you. <laughs> oh, dude, I love that. Alan, that was, Alan, that was uh, so well set up. Alan Rick, Rickman? Yeah, Rickman, yeah. Did he die? Yeah, I think he, he might have. Uh, he's such a good actor. Um, and it was perfect. He that, like, that movie was almost too dumb and silly for him to be in. And the fact that his character was this like highly trained uh, theatrical yeah. actor who despised the show... Uh, just made it even better, and I don't know if, if you knew, like uh, Patrick Stewart, who was Captain Picard, Jean Luc Picard, yeah, on uh, Star Trek. He 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 was just a, a classic sort of theater actor as well, and then it ended up in that role. But um, I like uh, I think the actor's name is Tony Shaloub or Tony Shaloub. I don't know. Yeah, no, that's it. He, like, he was he was. I monk. like how he was uh, super like he was like really banging that octopus alien lady girl thing oh that was that was one of the funniest uh moments in the whole movie um because and i guess and i guess that was his, his sort of take on the character it wasn't even really written that way but he he it was just this i i think he was uh he, he was sort of like the scotty equivalent like he was like the tech tech sergeant yeah. or whatever um and but he was just like completely like laid back like nothing really got to him, you know, water just rolled off of his back and, and all the, the aliens, um, you know, the species, they, they had sort of like holographic projections of themselves. So they, 
appeared human and more more uh, palatable to, to humans. And he falls in love with one of them, just seeing her as a human. And there's there's at one point where yeah, they're, they're getting a little hot and heavy, and her tentacles <laughs> come out. And like there's this like brief pause where he sees them, and then he just kind of gives like a shrug, like eh, yeah, fuck it. we're gonna we're gonna just gonna roll with this. Like that was that was absolutely hilarious. That is a real movie that you can go out and see. I suggest you do it. But in this next segment uh, on the top, we're, we're going to come up with a, a fake show or movie. The way the segment works is uh, Armando has come up with a title. I have never heard it before. He's going to supply the title, and then I'm going to try to come up with, with this show on the spot, and uh, we'll see where we go with this. So, so what, what is what is this this uh, new on Netflix show that you so got for us? So we might have to change new on Netflix to something different, like new on, I don't know, new on TV or new on something. Cause yeah, we keep it new on Netflix. It just sure, doesn't have sure. to be Netflix. That's fine. Um, so, hey, Aaron, have you seen that new uh, the new series called The Ultimate Fighter Season 74, Cage Fighting in Space? Yes, I, I did. And here, so here's the thing. I, I hadn't watched The Ultimate Fighter for a long time. It kind of got stale. It was sort of the same old thing. Oh, like a bunch of alphas in, in a house. Oh, they're butting heads. They fight. It, it got boring. But the the beauty of, of this sort of reboot of the show, uh, Ultimate Fighter, was it, sorry, 74, 75? Whatever, 70-something. <laughs> Ultimate Fighter 74 in space is... I, I've I've always wanted to have an Ultimate Fighter with my, like my favorite fighters of all time. Um, except the problem is like all these guys are at this point. I mean, from seventy four, they're all really old. They're all in their seventies, <laughs> and they just couldn't fight uh, on land anymore. It was too hard, right? So because they're they're old, they're kind of arthritic. It's like it's like oh, I'm gonna do a spinning back kick. Oh, uh, my my knee went out. Like I can't do it. So the way they figured a workaround for this is it's like if we get them in zero G, where, where just, there's just no gravity at all, then they're going to be able to really perform to their best as, as fighting 70-year-olds. So it's like, it's like all your, your, your favorite fighter. I mean, like, like Chael Sonnen is up there, Anderson Silva. We finally um, get to watch Fedor Emelianenko fight Randy Couture. Well, and that's the great part. There, there are no weight classes because they're all weightless. Uh -huh. <laughs> right so so yeah faders up there um I'm, I'm trying to think because because there were definitely some lower uh weight class. dominic cruz is up there and it's great because he's trying to do his dominic cruz footwork like dominic cruz's whole thing is that he's really fast footwork and he like bounces around except the problem is, is he's in zero g so he's just he's just waving his feet around really fast it looks it looks kind of comical um but in zero gravity, it actually has the effect of hypnotizing his opponents. Um, so he, he's one of the first, I don't want to, God, I always give spoilers in these. It's hard not to. So in, in the first episode, um, the, there, there is an argument. Uh, it starts with an argument about who's going to get to use the bathroom first because it, it is an international space station, but they only have access to one bathroom. So it's, it's, 12 fighters all having to use one very, very tiny uh, bathroom that's, you know, basically the size of, of like one of those porta potties that you see outside of a construction zone. And it starts with, uh, with Wanderlei Silva is just, I, I don't know how he snuggled, uh, snuggled <laughs> how he smuggled a bunch of like Brazilian acai up into the space station, but he like brought a ton and he was just eating it. And now he's, he's a little bit, uh, 
backed up because it didn't mix with the astronaut food. It like somehow like congealed in his stomach and he, he's on the toilet and, and they can't get Wanderlei out of, of the toilet in the International Space Station. Dominic Cruz is pissed because he brought Dominic Cruz is this little um, like terrier that he brings everywhere with him, uh, everywhere with him Dojo. named Dojo. And yeah, and, and he can't, he can't, obviously he can't let Dojo out for a walk because he, Dojo would just drift away into the, you know, the void of space. So he has to actually try to get Dojo to, to pee and poo in this tiny toilet in the space station. And like Dojo, Dojo is doing the thing where, you know, he's like kind of like uh, brushing Dominic with his, with his foot saying like, oh, I got to go. You can see him. He's kind of twitching. And it's like, great. Like Dojo's going to pee in the International Space Station. Like the pee is going to float up into zero gravity. It's going to disperse in a million different particles. And there's going to be Dojo pee floating around for the rest of the Ultimate Fighter 74 Space Station Edition. And like, so Dominic Cruz is just not happy about this at all. And he's banging on the, the freaking um, door and Wanderlei won't come out. And... Finally, Chael Sonnen, like this is the only way they can get him out, is Chael Sonnen comes up to the door and just starts roasting Wanderlei Silva. He He's calling him all kinds of names. He calls him um, uh, a Brazilian butt plug. That that was that was the one that really got. He's like, it's like how Wanderlei Silva. You're never much of a fighter, but you were a Brazilian butt plug from day one. Um, he liked the alliteration. You know, it's Chael. He's, he's good on the start, and that eventually just really gets to Wanderlei. So like he runs out of the 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 um, well, he doesn't run. He kind of floats out of of the, the the toilet, trying to chase after Chael. Like he like propels himself. If you can kind of, if you've ever seen. Uh, gravity or any of those movies it's like he he's still trying to get his pants up and he but he gets himself against the back wall of the bathroom and then like pushes off as hard as he can so he's sort of flying out, out after jail and then dominic is able to get dojo in and dojo can pee in the toilet um but this is this is really sparks some serious beef between dominic and wanderley silva so when it's time to actually select the fight because this is the format of the show. It's like, oh, it's a lot of like the sort of reality TV drama. But then at the end, there, there's an actual fight. And Dominic convinces uh, the team coach who, who is Boss Rutten. And by the way, I, Boss Rutten is like a really old school um, MMA personality. Do you, do you know Boss Rutten? What is he? Is he Dutch? Boing, 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 boing. Yeah, the bald guy. I love Boss Rutten. Yeah, but he's had like a bunch of health problems because he he started fighting like 400 years ago. Yeah. So at this point, uh, Boss Rutten is basically just mechanical. Like, what what, how, what was the name of of um, like the main bad guy in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? Uh, the Shredder. The you Shredder. Remember him? No, no, the the one above him, and in, in the cartoon, not the movie. Was it like oh, Kang the alien or guy, Kang? Yeah, Kang, the, the 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 alien brain guy that had like a mechanical body. Yeah, that was Kang. Yeah, exactly. So it, it's kind of like that. It's like this big mechanical body, but like right in his stomach is Boss Rutten's head. And he just he just speaks in his Dutch. He's like, yes, we're, we're the captain of, of the, the fighting. You must go and call out your opponent and you will fight him to the death in space. Um, that's that's basically exactly what Boss Rutten sounds like. Um, and Dominic Cruz convinces Boss Rutten to let him call out Wanderlei Silva, which he does. Uh, and that's the fight on episode one. And it it seems like a mismatch, like because yeah, well, like Wanderlei is a lot bigger, but uh, Dominic Cruz is a lot craftier, and he starts doing the Dominic Cruz footwork, but like in zero G, he's just like spinning in all these weird patterns, and it kind of it kind of um, hypnotizes Wanderlei a little bit. Like, have you ever seen uh, 
like those videos in India where you have like a snake charmer that just sort of like hypnotizes the snake. Uh-huh. Um, Wanderlei gets hypnotized by Dominic's zero G footwork. Dominic's around, uh, able to to sneak up behind him, and he gets a chokehold. Dominic usually ha- wins uh, all of his victories by decision. Uh, this was one of one of the f- few submissions because Wanderlei's head is so hard, and at this point, he does have some mechanical metal plates in his head just to try to keep his his face from like turning into mush. That it, Dominic was very smart that if he punched him. Uh, too much, he probably would break his hands. So he he hypnotizes him, floats behind him, and chokes him out. Mm. And Dominic moves on through round one. Um, and I'm just I, that's the, the uh, I have not watched the rest of the, the, the series. I'm really excited to see who fights in round two. I'm I'm really hoping for uh, Wanderlei's teammates to try to get revenge on Cruz's team. And and what I think is going to happen. I think we're going to get a, uh, a Chael Sonnen con- uh, call out. And the fight that I wanted to see probably most in the, the entire show is going to be Chael Sonnen versus uh, a, a completely rebuilt Cain Velasquez. Oh, um, and yeah, so at this point, uh, they, they've, just, they've just made him into Terminator Cain. He's got full new mechanical parts. Like he's, he's, like whereas like Boss Rutten is sort of like a, a cyborg with his head, like it 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 is not actually like biologically Cain Velasquez anymore. It's just a a Terminator version of Cain Velasquez, like Colossus from the X Men. Like he's all metal. Yeah, completely. He doesn't even need to wear the steel tie crop. That was one of the things. Like like um you 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 the one clip. You know how they show the clips from the next week at the end of the show to like keep you interested. They show the clip and it's just. It's just um, Chael Sonnen, like, front-kicking the uh, Mecco cane as hard as he can right in the junk. And Joe Rogan is like, wow, he, if he was wearing a steel-tie cup, he could have absorbed that. And, like, but Kane's just completely unfazed, and he just sort of does the, the Dikembe Mutombo finger wag <laughs> at Chael because he does it. I mean, he's got, I, I'm assuming he, he's, got, he's got, like, a robot junk, but it's all metal, and he's just completely unfazed. And we really have a Terminator scenario where it's going to be um, Chael Sonnen's, like, wits and, and guile against, uh, you know, the, the sort of Terminator come forward pressure of Mecco Kane. And I, 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 I'm hoping Chael finds a way to beat him without blowing up the International Space Station. But I don't know. All I can say is I'm going to be on the edge of my seat. And if you guys have not checked out the ultimate fighter for a while. This is the season to tune back in. <laughs> Pat Militich has the job again. <laughs> did you hear about that? I, I did. Uh, he's in a, he's he, Pat Militich. Pat, Pat Militich is like a coach for the ultimate fighter season 74 since he got fired from LFA or whatever it's called. <clears throat> but yeah. the real show on Netflix, and I don't know that we've talked about it. And if we have stop me, um, uh-huh. Have you caught up on Cobra Kai season three? Indeed, I did. How'd you like it? I, I might have to do a rewatch. I, I enjoyed yeah. it. Um, I did not like it as much as the second season, but I still had a lot of fun with it. It it, it was very easy to binge watch because uh, I was like, well, I'll watch the first like couple episodes, and then it really does suck you yeah. right in. Uh, I I enjoyed it. For me, the cartoonish aspect of the show went a little bit farther than I'd like it. 
I mean, obviously it's it's always a little bit cartoonish. I mean, this is this is a, a world and universe where you're assuming that karate is actually functional and it's like a good way to defend yourself and that uh really really unathletic kids can actually fight. Like you you do there's a lot of disbelief suspending that goes on. Um but I felt like the second season was a little bit more grounded in reality than the third season. Uh, and that, that being said, I still, I still really, really enjoyed it. And it was nice to see them bring back some old characters from, from the Karate Kid movies. I think that's what I liked the most about it was they brought back like uh, Daniel's uh, Japanese girlfriend. I forget her name. I forget the actress and character's name. But <clears throat> he gets to visit her. That was kind of cool. And then they also brought back Allie. That was kind of cool, you know. Um, I think it's weird for for continuity's sake because season one, season two kind of happened like right after each other. And to my mm-hmm. understanding, there was like a little bit of a, a gap between season two and season three being developed. So some of the actors that play the characters got a little bit older. Um, the uh, The actor's name that... I don't know the character's name, but I know the actor's name is Cholo Maraduena, the guy that plays uh, the guy the the guy that plays um, the 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 main Cobra Kai uh, student, the Hispanic guy, M- Miguel. Miguel, there you go, Miguel. The guy that plays Miguel got let himself go a little bit. There, <laughs> there's some fighting scenes where you can see the kid's got a little bit of a belly. I'm like, hey, you're supposed to be kind of kind of athletic by now. But, uh, hey, hey, he, he was he was in a, co- a coma true, true. for a long time. Give him give him some leeway, Mondo. Body shaming s- poor kid just out of a coma. Don't you get skinnier when you're like bedridden for that long? Don't you like lose weight? I don't know. I've never been in a coma. Maybe they were <laughs> just they, they they had a feeding tube that was just um, feeding him Twinkies and lard. True. I don't know. That was that was like the, the special diagnosis. That's how he got they got him to recover so fast. And then. Uh, yeah, I, I I I do like how they reintroduced those other, um, you know, characters from other movies back. Um, I haven't read too much of the. There's always like speculation of what's going to happen in season four because it is it is being developed. It is going to happen. Oh, um, for sure. Well, I mean, they set it up on a on a cliffhanger. I'm wondering if they're ever going to bring back that guy Terry Silver from Karate Kid Part Three, the guy that was. Uh, I think that's gonna happen. I think that's, I think that's the guy that um, that was in the military with uh, what's his name? I forget Martin Cove's character. Yeah, John Kreese. John Kreese. There you go. I think uh, John Kreese. I don't want to spoil the show, but like I think, I think during those flashbacks, I think that one guy that did make it out with John Kreese is gonna be that Terry Silver guy. So he's probably going to be in season four. Well, and, and I can say without spoiling anything, I can say in this season, um, my favorite part of the season was uh, M- Miguel having to rehab and, and sort of rehab his physical body and also his relationship with Johnny Lawrence, uh, played by William Zapka. Because um, that's one of the great things that this show does, right, is I, I never saw the third Karate Kid movie, but I, you know, I saw the first one probably a couple times and and. I saw the second one a long time ago. And in the original 80s movies, they're just very, very one-dimensional characters, all of them. It's yeah. like, well, this is the bully. This is the plucky hero. This is the cute girl. Like, there's very little depth. And they're reimagining these characters where they take all the characteristics and the things that they did in the original movies and they give them backstory and you understand their motivations and what they're thinking and feeling. And, um, you know, I... I 
to me still my absolute favorite character uh, in this show is is Johnny Lawrence, who who he was the bully, you know, the the kind of blonde haired, blue eyed uh, antagonist of the original Karate Kid, who who you know beats up poor Ralph Macchio and pushes him in the sand and everything like that. And you're seeing this whole, you kind of see the 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 current world through his eyes and the way they've they've interpreted him is this this guy who like means well and kind of has a little bit of a troubled past and but still is just completely stuck in the 80s and he's doing everything in the modern world through uh this 80s lens where like he doesn't understand how technology works he um doesn't get facebook he doesn't get social media like he's just um this sort of this sort of stereotype but but then you 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 get to see his motivation and him trying to help characters and him interacting with uh the, the miguel character i, I think it's great I, I found those scenes the funniest especially when he's trying to come up with creative ways to help him rehab where you're just like yeah this is what this character would do oh good lord this is gonna go badly i like the i like the montages where they're trying to get johnny lawrence on facebook <laughs> the yeah. he's like, no idea what he's doing but he's like fucking miguel's like the johnny johnny lawrence photo shoot yeah that that shit was hilarious and he eats like sushi he's like what the f is this or um yeah i appreciate that they actually used a little bit of profanity here and there they do drop some like little like shit bombs and f bombs i think here and there which is kind of nice to see I, so going forward season four i hope they bring that because you didn't watch Karate Kid season three, season or I'm sorry, Karate Kid part three. In in Karate Kid three, Kreese, um, I guess reaches out for help from like one of his own military buddies, and his military buddy in turn, they find like a new like student to fight uh, Daniel Larusso, and um, I hope they bring back that Terry Terry Silver was his name. I hope they don't bring back. I hope they never ever ever reference. I'm sorry, the mm-hmm. the the next Karate Kid, the one with the girl. Like, I hope they just leave that character out. Period. Like that was, I did rewatch like a couple months back. I rewatched all. I don't know why. <clears throat> I rewatched uh, Karate Kid one, two, three, and I even watched the next Karate Kid, the one with the featured the the female character, and it was just not written the same way style as the first three were. And it just wasn't executed very well, and I just didn't like – it didn't fit well. I wouldn't be as worried about that because you you have this fresh uh, writing staff that's just making use of that original source material because um, you, you've got a very different dynamic. So, so say there's you know like a Game of Thrones where once they didn't have the original source material, they were just fucking useless. And, yeah. and in this case, I think you have the complete opposite where you have the current writing staff – taking that original material and just making it way better. Because um, to me, the original Karate Kid movies weren't that interesting. And I, f- I find this way more... The humor in this is, is way better. And again, j- just what they're able to do with the characters, making them more three-dimensional and interesting is great. Um, and even... So so a couple things with that. First, uh, another, another sort of cool aspect of this season was they go into uh, Martin Cove's character, John Kreese's backstory, because you know he's sort of he's sort of the the worst character in the show. You know he, he's just like the real bad guy. But even with him, they're like they want to show you how he became like that. Um, and as far as you you talking about Terry Silver, yeah, it seems like they set that up in, in the end of his his story arc in this season. Um, and then 
for for me, I will say for me, the worst part of this whole series where I was just cringing the whole time and it almost it almost broke that ability to uh, suspend disbelief. There is one scene where they tried to have the kids play soccer and do like karate moves in in the context of the soccer game. And like I said, I could kind of. In my mind, I can phase out where I'm like, instead of analyzing a punch where, you know, they throw a punch and the kid goes flying back and it's like knocked out cold. And in reality, you know, if I actually thought about it, I'd be like, well, that probably wouldn't even lead a mark. Like they didn't have that rooted. There was, you know, that was completely an arm punch. There was no uh, rotational force from their, their, their torso and their hips. Like they didn't have their feet planted. Like that wouldn't really even have hurt that much. Again, I'm able to just, stop thinking like that but when i saw them trying to play soccer i just could not ignore how unathletic all those kids were <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. it like you guys don't you can't even like run really like oh my god you're, you're supposed to be badass fighters i can't suspend disbelief right now i okay. want to get me a i want to get me an eagle fang shirt <laughs> would you wear one i would have told i was thinking about getting me a cobra kai shirt or something just for old shits and gigs they sell them um, yeah, but now I want to get me an eagle fang. E- shirt. Eagle fang. <laughs> that that was that was. Uh, but sensei, eagles don't have fangs. <laughs> what did he say? He was like, shut up. <laughs> that that was that was Johnny Lawrence trying to come up with a more badass mascot than the cobra, and he's like an eagle with fangs. Eagle fang. That uh, was great. Um, Good show. I'm not gonna lie. That was that was the one where because I I always I always have little imaginations and fantasies in my head. I wanted a character to be introduced in that show that goes in and teaches jujitsu. Cause again, it's like everything they're doing. If they run into someone who knows jujitsu is just completely useless. And I was like, Oh, it could be Cobra Kai and it could be Python Kai. Cause Uh Cobra, Cobra strikes Mm. Python constricts the Python. It would be like the, the jujitsu mascot in that world. But it would. It, it, the problem is, it would just destroy the complete continuity of the world because if Jujutsu existed in, in the Karate Kid, uh, the Karate Kid would just get choked unconscious every time he tried to do anything. Do you're, so. d- you're describing the, our next fictitious new on Netflix show, Python. Kai. Oh, there's another one. Yeah. Oh fuck. Or next okay. Week, next week, Python Kai. Oh, I got it. I got it. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, and just just to be clear, in this fantasy world, I am also playing the the Jujutsu instructor, even though. Uh, I, I do not think I know nearly enough to be a jujitsu instructor, but who gives a fuck? Ralph Macchio and William Zapka for sure don't know enough karate to be karate instructors. So if they can be karate instructors, I can be the instructor, the, sorry, the sensei of Python Kai. Guys, I lo- guys, check out check out our merch shop that doesn't exist for your limited edition Python Kai t-shirts. Um, we're, we're taking orders. They're going to be $100 a piece. If someone actually wants them, I will design the shirt. I uh I love someone I forget where I I made for sure it was Facebook or Instagram or something it was I don't know if it was a meme or a comment someone had made but Johnny Lawrence's character is like what most of us that were born and raised in the 80s like the way he reacts to the current students is the way that we think of like millennials like nowadays like they're they're softer they're and we're just kind of sort of well a lot of yeah have you noticed though there there's a very strong line and it's really like people that i think are a year younger maybe two years younger than i am Mm -hmm. i can tell people that were raised by parents my age or 
sometimes there's a cutoff for I'm like someone who's only a couple years younger than me, but I'm like, oh, you're just a complete millennial. Like, yeah. Because I don't think you, you, you're not, are you? No, no, I was born in 80. So, so I'm right, technically I'm, I'm a millennial. Like I'm right on the cutoff line. Um, I was born in 82, in, Jan- in January of 82. So I'm like, I think if I'd been born, I think if I'd been born December of 81, I wouldn't be a millennial in January <laughs> 82, I am. Is that how that works? Yeah, well, because you got to set the line somewhere, right? I guess. Uh, that's how that works. Um, there's, oh, I'm trying to remember. There, there's this great, I can't remember what it's called. There, one, so one of the, the colleges I interviewed at um, puts out this this thing every every year, and they put it out for their teachers, and it just gets distributed to colleges worldwide. And it, it's just to kind of give the teachers an idea. Like, I think they call it the mindset report or something like that of what the incoming students are like. So it's like, it would be like, Things like this student is never going to have seen uh, a corded telephone. This student, when, when you say Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, they're going to think, you know, this this 2000s cartoon instead of the original. They're going to – what was that called? I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can look it up. But it was just really interesting because it gives you this this insight into the mindset of students. And it is kind of wild when you're thinking about it. If they don't know what – they probably don't know what cassette tapes are. They for sure don't know what – like. They think records are like a vintage thing. They don't know what eight tracks are. You know what I mean? Like eight tracks. What the fuck is an eight track? You mean can I download it? <laughs> can I stream it? What streaming service is it on? No, you bonehead. It was this giant brick-like looking thing that you would plug into a thing, and it would it had a ribbon, and it would play music. I'll I'll see if I can find that. I can't remember. I want to say it was it was um. It might have been like this little liberal arts school in Wisconsin, but I, if I can find it, I'll, I'll, I'll chime in. But uh, I think I think that wrapped up new on Netflix for us. W- was was there anything that you wanted to add on the the tail end? No, no. I unfortunately my mind is 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 somewhat elsewhere. It's not. It's I'm not. Yeah, I'm, I'm somewhere else right now. Um, <clears throat> no, I, I think you encapsulated what you're trying to communicate per- per- perfectly with. Yeah, I think my mind might be some somewhere else. So I'm gonna be. We're, we're, I'm gonna. I'm gonna jump in because if, if you guys remember, I'm, I'm our Armando's uh, impromptu translator at times. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna. We're gonna do that for his job interviews and what he's trying to say is like, "Hey, motherfuckers, I'm tired. I just ran seven miles. I'm a little bit sleepy. I want to take a nap." And I didn't see you run with seven miles this morning. So if you think I feel flat in this episode, you can shut the fuck up because I'm gonna run a half marathon in a little bit. Yeah. And uh, get off my back. No, I, I, it for sure, dude. It seven miles did kick my ass. Like that, that physical part of it is is there for sure. Like the physical kind of tired, whatever. But the last week, <clears throat> like my mom's been getting home from work, and whether she means to or not, like she makes a little bit too much noise when she she get, she works fucked up hours. I so I can't blame her. She gets in like at five or six in the morning. When she doesn't, when she gets in the morning, she doesn't like she doesn't come in quite as a mouse. She just kind of comes in and bangs doors and moves kitchen around and closet doors are open and closing. So all that stuff like woke me up early. And then, so my sleep sucked. And then, yeah, I did run seven miles. Um, so I'm, I'm tired. I have, I have to get something to eat. And I'm going to go drive to fucking City of Ministry to get this laptop looked at so I could fix it. Because it, really bo- <clears throat> it really bothered me that I wasn't able to hear myself on this episode. You were, you were extremely hot and bothered about yeah, your dude, lack of headphones. Piece of shit. 
It's Mondo was like, my voice gets me off, and I cannot hear it right now. Well, I just, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. If, I don't know if I'm, if I'm. Uh, if sorry, I'm, sorry. Th- th- that was really forced, but I realized I was not close to hitting my my like weird innuendo quota, mm. innuendo quota for this episode. So I was like, I gotta, I gotta just get one in at the end. You gotta shove um, it. That's in. what she said. You shove it but in. yeah, there we. That's that's good. I feel better. Um. So so two things. Two things. To close out this episode, thing number one, um, to, to review, our New Year's resolutions were, one, I was going to uh, register a business. New Year's resolution completed. I did it. Uh, success. And yours was to run a half marathon. Um, I'll put this out there. You, you can think about it. Don't, don't answer right now. But we, we had bounced around the idea of going on a trip to Flagstaff, Arizona. I say... Um, we, we pick a, a general date. Uh, it would have to be after my, my dad's getting a medical procedure. So it'd be after, it would be after he recovered, which would be good. Let's, let's go to Flagstaff. We'll find an out and back trail. That's like seven miles long and just fucking do a half marathon. Okay. We'll try. And I'll, I'll do it with you. I, I and I'll tell you, this, I, I may not run the entire marathon. A lot of times, like I'll, I, I'll, I'll, when I do these longer runs, I'll like it's almost like I'm doing three quarters running, a quarter walking, but just spacing that out keeps my my legs from tiring out. The problem is is I've got all sorts of weird muscle compensation, so like my left leg gets tired way, 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 way faster than my right leg. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I just have to stop and like let things recover so I don't start running all fucked up. But it doesn't matter. I, I say that we do a half marathon and we make the goal of it not. Not for speed or time, but for both of us to actually finish it. Yeah, it's gonna, it's gonna. I'm gonna, I'm putting the work in now. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm I tried seven. I haven't done seven in a long time. It kicked my ass. Like I said, um, I did, I did physically feel, um, way more tired when I when I finished after this one. Um, but I think if I keep doing it, keep doing seven, 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 then maybe nine, nine, nine at some point, that I'll get to the point where I could comfortably do that. And it'll be well. I mean, I'm telling you, if you can do seven right now, you you could do. It would suck, but you could do fourteen. Well, it's not. It's not even. It's thirteen point whatever it is. But right. um, but I'm not putting the work in right now. <laughs> uh, well, because because for, for me, it it, just, it it is not worth it for me to run on concrete at all. Yeah. It's just too hard on the joints. So to to get any sort of distance running in, I have to actually go to trails, and uh, you know, it's it's the difference between just going out of the house for a walk or like a real short run or driving 15, you know, to 40 minutes to, to actually get to a trail that will let me run farther. If it, here's the thing, this is the way I work. If we set a a date, a, a, even a general date where I'm going to do it, I will by the next day have like a training plan set up and I'll have all yeah. this stuff coordinated. And, you know, it's not like I'm going to show up, uh, in Flagstaff, like a like a Kenyan, ready to <laughs> to run away from a cheetah across the savannah or what have you, but I'll I'll show up where I'd be pretty confident that I would I would finish a half marathon. And the the last thing though to to close out since I sort of brought this up this the the list I was trying to remember it's it's put out every year by Beloit College in Wisconsin. It's called the Beloit College Mindset List. So this is for the college class of 2022. I didn't find the the, the uh, most recent one. So this was this was published in in 2018. 
Um, and then here's a sample of this year's list from the full 60 items describing the college students of the class of 2022. They have always been able to refer to Wikipedia. Uh, a visit to the bank has been a rare event. You've got mail would sound as ancient to them as number please would have sounded to their parents. Films have always been distributed on the internet. Oh, that is crazy. Like to me, that feels like a new thing. Yeah. Um, mass market books have always been ex- uh, available exclusively as eBooks. Ex- oh my, exotic animals have always been providing emotional support to passengers oh, on planes. Jesus. What? Oh Jesus. <laughs> I, I, I I was like, that's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good lord. I mean, I, I, I understand that how how anxious certain people get flying on planes, but I, I'm not anxious flying. But if there was a, like a weird exotic animal on the plane, that might might make me anxious. I'm like, I don't want to be trapped in the air with this freaking like uh, gibbon that might freak out and try to tear my face off. This is my no, thank you. This is my uh, emotional support animal called uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. I like a bottle of red wine with me. It's my emotional support animal. That that is a a very very good uh, way. The the problem I always ran into on those flights, especially the long ones, is my legs would hurt so bad on flights if I stayed in place. I always have to get up and walk around. So I'm like, "Ah, I can never just take like sleeping pills or like drink and pass out. I gotta I gotta keep moving. Um, The the Prius, this is for back to the the Beloit's mindset list. They don't go through the whole thing, but I'll just finish the list they have here. The Prius has always been on the road in the U.S., which it kind of is funny because I remember when the Priuses came out and that that was like the new like thrifty thing. And now people are like, fuck the Prius. Like what what is this bullshit? Like you can get all electric cars that don't look like something your grandmother invented. Yeah. They look like fucking tents on wheels. When filling out forms, they are not surprised to for- find more than two gender categories to choose from. Shit. Yeah, I've seen that on some of the job interview things that I've done. Like, it'll ask you, like, it'll ask you, do you identify as a male, female, or I choose not to answer. <laughs> and I've seen some where they actually say cisgendered males, just blah, 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 blah. I'm like, God damn it. I, I have not, but that's okay. Um People loudly conversing with themselves in public are no longer thought to be talking to imaginary friends. God, actually, that is got to be really confusing <laughs> in New York because in New York, it, when I was a kid, it was real obvious. Like there would be talk, people talking to themselves on the street and you're like, oh, those are the crazy people slash, you know, like homeless with uh, some sort of like mental disability or um, psychosis. And now it's like who... Who's homeless? Who's just trying to close a business deal? Like you don't know. Um, you know, are are they are they dressed like that because they can't afford clothes, or just because they're on the Lower East Side and they think it's like shabby chic? Um, and let's see, the last one on the list is they are the first class born in the new millennium, escaping the dreaded label of quote millennial, though their new designation. I gen Gen Z etc has not been agreed upon by them, and of course, yeah, that <laughs> that generation would not accept a label given to them. They they would need to come up with it on their own. It's like we don't accept your rules and labels. We, don't we have a label. are the masters of our own destiny, and we can all have our individual labels. We don't need a one label because we're all unique and sp- well. Actually, you know what? That was more our generation. To be fair, a lot of the Gen Z kids like. A little bit more practical 
the millennials. I saw that when as a college coach, I saw that shift change because it used to be there was there was a, a chunk of the millennial generation that was like everything you do is special, like you're unique, yeah. like you're gonna change the world in ways that other people can't. It was like eh, so many kids got sort of fed that, and then they went to liberal arts school and graduated, and they're like, oh fuck, <laughs> what, what. What, what, I don't understand this. The way the world has been presented to me, and the way things are playing out, are not congruent. I don't. I don't understand what's happening. Fuck. Um, but a lot of these millennials, like not millennials, these Gen Z kids, like yeah, they they are very worried about labeling things like that. But they're also way more practical than a lot of millennials. They're like, oh yeah, like. I grew up when there was a recession. Like, shit, bad shit can happen. Like, I need job security. Oh, I'm gonna take my first uh, year of college at junior college because I want to get credits and and not have as much debt. Like, there, um, a lot of them were maybe, and maybe I just that speaks to how unpractical I was with the way I approached uh, college in the world. But yeah, a lot of these kids, it, it's in terms of things that like labeling and and. And, and stuff like that, what that people from an older generation might view as sort of silly, um, they're they're way more to the point and focused than a lot of the the uh, millennials that I know were. So, eh, Gen, Gen Z, whole whole different ball game. Hey, we we don't have to go. We'll we'll save this for our next episode. But I forgot like a big glaring hole. We should probably should have talked a little bit about. We're recording this on a Wednesday, January 13th. This Saturday is a UFC fight. They're in Abu Dhabi. There will be another one on next Wednesday and another one again next Saturday. Three fights within two weeks um, because they're in Abu Dhabi. We'll talk about the fights hopefully next um, episode. I think I, I think we should spend a little time talking about them because there's some pretty good um, fights. But that's all I had to say about that. With that, we will conclude episode are we on 26 now or is this 27 this is 26 yes this is 26 of the generous clubhouse uh you can follow us on all the social media thingies we've got all of them now twitter instagram facebook all that stuff and if you are listening and you've not already subscribed on itunes spotify or wherever podcasts are podcasted and written us a glowing review because honestly at this point if you're still listening (laughs) you you where others might not, you understand and appreciate how truly amazing this podcast is and how amazing it will become. Because really, we, like we're that that character in the fantasy novel that has incredible latent powers and p- potential. And through the help and support of others, we'll eventually realize those and destroy the Demon King. I don't know who in this weird metaphor the Demon King is, but you get it. You follow me. But without the help from people along the way, they can never reach that potential. So this is your time to go leave a review on iTunes and describe to the world how great we are so others can find us. We can continue uh, to grow and prosper and eventually defeat the Demon King. This is Aaron. Peace out. And uh, until next time, um, you degenerates. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Hey everyone, Mondo here. I just want to take the time to say on behalf of myself and Aaron that we appreciate everyone who's taken the time to listen to our podcast. We know there's hundreds of thousands of podcasts to choose from, but you took some time out of your day to listen to us ramble on. Please share our podcast, like and subscribe, follow us on all our social media platforms and all that jazz. Whether you love us, hate us, agree with our opinions or disagree, we still love you.